In your wanderings, you stumble upon a ruined temple buried deep within the heart of the forest. Wary, you continue on through thick overgrowth until you see a clearing that was once an ancient cathedral built by people, now rebuilt by nature itself. In the center is a preserved altar, stacked with various dice of all shapes and colors. As you contemplate what this means, a cloaked figure approaches from the shadows. Welcome, brave adventurer. Have you come to roll the dice? Explore strange new worlds with new strange rules? If you seek adventure worthy of being shared with good friends, you have come to the right place. Just roll for initiative. Welcome to the Nat One Nerds Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Hey guys, this is Nat One Nerds. We're coming back to you with a brand new system. Yep. Uh, we're, we are jumping into the Fate Accelerated system. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, but we're trying out something a little new. It's a system that neither one of us have previously played, and we've done a lot of exploring and learning about it, and we're excited to share with you guys what we've learned. Absolutely. Um, I've definitely listened to a lot of podcasts on the systems. It seems like a really great one, especially for people that haven't done a tabletop role-playing game before. This is a great system to jump into it. It's pretty simple. It's very flexible. Not as much, not as many rules as necessarily associated with it per se, but it's it's an amazing system. Um, and we actually have two uh, two guests with us today. Yeah, like I said, we're both new to this, so we brought on a little bit of some expert help to get the ball rolling. So, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure, happy to. Uh, name is. Christian Randall. Uh, I'm coming over with uh, Ned here. Yes, hello. I am Ned Wilcock. Uh, Christian and I are part of Improv Tabletop. We started out doing just Fate Accelerated, improvising everything on the spot. More recently, we've been doing Avatar Legends and we're moving into a Blades in the Dark campaign. But Fate Accelerated will always have a special place in our hearts because it's just it is, like has already been said, it's a very flexible system that responds well to whatever you want to try and do. And I appreciate as well the kind of the sentiment of trying to introduce people to new systems. I think this is a great system to introduce new people to just because it's so easy to step on and so easy to just do whatever you want to do, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, you guys were talking about you know, fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons, that is a crunchy system. It's super fun. I love it. But it is certainly daunting for someone who might just be uh, wanting to dip their toe in. It takes quite a while to get used to. Like, both <laughs> of us own small libraries on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Ned, I wouldn't say your library is small at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fair <laughs> statement. Uh, my my digital library is pretty big. My physical library is uh, mediocre. <laughs> I guess that is fair. Between Parker and I, Parker tends to go more physical, but I do everything digital because I like just having everything right on my laptop. Mm -hmm. Everyone's different. I, I love a good hardcover book in my hands, so I, I always go for the, uh, the physical copy. Which is kind of funny because he has a Fate Accelerated book right in front of him, and I've got a PDF <laughs> opened up. Mm -hmm. So one of the great things is if you're trying to build up your library for fate, you don't have to buy a lot of books. No, no, not at all. Even if you want to get real crazy with it, you don't have to buy a lot of books. 
I think I counted recently how many uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition official books there were, and I want to say that there was, like, around, like, roughly 40 books that people could buy. Sounds about right. And that's that's not including all the other, you know, other stuff you could potentially buy with it, all the kinds of minis and dice and accessories that you can go absolutely nuts with, so. Yeah. Now, as for Fate, how many books do you guys have on Fate? Because I found, like, the core rule books for, like, Fate Core, Fate Accelerated, and stuff like that, but I didn't find very much supplemental material. So what kind of things do you guys rock for that? Yeah, the Fate Core rule book, I got this back in 2018, I want to say. Uh, it's definitely the biggest of the lot. And what's great about that is the section on the actual rules themselves isn't too much of the game, but there is a lot of it that goes into how to kind of tweak the game to your preferences. And in fact, the fact that we have Fate Accelerated is because when they were doing the Kickstarter for Fate Core back in the day, they were like, there's so many different ways that you can chop and screw Fate to fit exactly what you want. In fact, we're going to release an entire streamlined system that uses all the rules from Fate Core and just condenses them down, and they release that as Fate Accelerated. So at the core of it, like we've got Fate Core, we've got Fate Accelerated, I've got the book for Fate Condensed as well. It all is Fate Core at the core. You know, I guess that's why <laughs> they call it Fate Core. That makes but sense. There's just, yeah, so many different ways that you can tweak it to express it just the way that's right for your table. Mm -hmm. I was about to say, I have the Fate Accelerated booklet. Um, I have the Fate Core book, and then I have the F Fate Toolkit book. Yeah, well. the Fate System Toolkit. That's a good one. Yeah, which is funny because I got that as a I got the toolkit as a gift because I had told people that obviously they know I'm really into TTRPGs. They got me the toolkit, not realizing it was a supplement. So of course <laughs> I then had to go buy the Core Rule book and then the Fate <laughs> Accelerated booklet and. Really, I just needed the gift of an excuse. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, when you're married, you need an excuse to get into a whole new system. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one thing I'll just say real quick for the Fate System Toolkit, even aside from Fate specifically as a system, it's got this really awesome section on just how to design a decent magic system that I think the information in that applies to a whole bunch of different games aside from just the one that it's written for. No, that that's that's the beauty too of just general, you know, tabletop role playing games. There's there's so many aspects from different systems that can transfer over. A lot of a lot of dungeon master or or game master tips, a lot of those apply to just about almost any system. Yeah. So I, the cross reference between systems, it's 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 there more than people might assume at the beginning, which is which is a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. So. It's all collaborative storytelling. So once you get those ideas down, it really just starts to click. Yep. Yep. And then it comes down to just preference, what people like the most. I mean, when I started out, I always said that tabletop role-playing games were just an organized version of chasing your friends around in the backyard with sticks, pretending to be knights and whatever you want. <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the only difference is when your friend says, I chopped your arm off. Now there are rules saying, yes, you, you did chop my <laughs> arm off. <laughs> and you don't actually get hit in the arm with a stick. Another yeah. big bonus. I mean, depending on your table, I could see some getting a little more into it. <laughs> that 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 goes into the LARPing area of the. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was about to say when I was a kid, even when we used like foam swords, 
kids would still find a way to still hurt you, even with the oh, yeah. really wimpy foam sword. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So now that we got a little bit of fate explained, uh, what's the purpose of our episode here today, Parker? Well, we're going to be diving into some uh, character creation. And then once we finish character creation, we're going to actually uh, play some fate. Sounds good. And we'll we'll let our two guests uh, uh, take the lead since we're the uh, we're the newbies. We're we're the paddle ones, and they're the masters. So we'll <laughs> follow them. All right. Well, um, I am lucky enough to have been selected GM today. Uh, we'll we'll start with Ned for character creation, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what that looks like. Um, to start with, there we have decided before we started that we wanted to do, um kind of a mashup game today we are feeling in the holiday spirit so we're definitely going to do something christmasy uh the only stipulation i asked of the players was would you be willing to have your characters die within the first couple minutes and become the new ghosts of christmas past present and yet to come Mm -hmm. Uh, so we will Start with there, I guess. Uh, so, Ned, what are you thinking as far as... Uh, let's just start with a name. Yeah, I think I, I'm i having a hard time choosing personally which ghost I eventually want to be. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty flexible. Do either of you two have any preferences as to which ghost you want to be? No, I could see kind of my vague character going any three directions personally. So I, I'm going to trust uh, Christian on that one. All right. I think because you either get to be kind of a creepy, sad person for the Ghost of Christmas Past, a just creepy, creepy person for the Christmas future, or an actual like decent, happy person, <laughs> Ghost of Christmas Present. I'm going to be the Ghost of Christmas yet to come, I think. Yeah. Yes. My character is a mailman who, like, are we, are we figuring out how we die as part of the character creation? Um, if you would like to, I think that's perfectly appropriate. Yeah. So my character is going to be a mailman by the name of Deggy Pleatsman. And he was out one day, like Christmas Eve, delivering presents. And it was a really bad snowstorm. And he went careening off of an embankment wall and landed in a gulch down below, just trying to get those last presents delivered. He died as a Christmas hero, essentially. <laughs> But uh, wasn't happy about it. He's kind of a dour individual. And slowly the other Christmas people are trying to instill a bit of the holiday spirit into his heart. Okay. So, Deggy, I do have sort of an odd question for you. What year did you die? Ooh, so we get to have like wide spanning kind of uh, stuff here. The afterlife is a little wiggly, so time can be a little fun. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Okay, what year did It's a Wonderful Life come out? Good call. It's a Wonderful Life came out in 1946. I'm going to say that's when Deggy perished. 1946, the ghost of Christmas yet to come. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right, so uh, we have our name, Deggy Pleatsman. So... Uh, Ned, if you want to go ahead and take this next part, as far as approaches go, the breakdown, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, is you get one approach that is plus three. You get two that are plus two, two that are plus one, and one that is plus zero. Correct. And 
approaches are one of the things that I really love about Fate Accelerated specifically. Uh, Fate Core is itself a skill-based game. Like if you've listened to the episodes about 5e, then you know that 5e is a skill-based game. You say, this is the thing that I am trying to accomplish. Whereas the way that approaches work is it's not so much about the thing you're trying to do as it is about the way that you're trying to do that thing. And so we have six different approaches, careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, sneaky. And as long as you can narratively justify that the action you were trying to take fits one of these approaches, then that is how you kind of move forward. And that really opens it up a lot in terms of the system can respond to whatever you want to do because you're not limited by your skill set. You're just limited by the ways in which you're trying to solve the problem. The way that we usually track things on Improv Tabletop is we'll start with what our plus three approach is going to be in Fate. They also call that your peak approach. And I think that Deggy is going to be mm, sneaky. I want Deggy to be a sneaky boy. Sneaky. <laughs> that is a good choice. And just for my own interest, I think this will be fun. What is your plus zero? Just so I know what Deggy is the worst at. <laughs> uh, I think his plus zero is going to be flashy. He doesn't really like to stand out very much. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of the opposite of sneaky. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now for aspects. Yes. There is, uh, generally we start with two main aspects. There is the high concept, sort of the either one word or short phrase that sort of encapsulates who your character is. That's like the, the high concept, the, the main idea of who your character is. Tying back to 5th edition as an example, if you were going to, say, play a paladin, you might his high aspect might be uh, holy warrior of the goddess Saloon, and that is who he is. Mm. Kind of similar to a background. Yeah. The way that I often like to describe it is it's kind of like an elevator pitch for your character. Like, if you're just trying to tell somebody in a concise manner what your character is all about then this is kind of what you go with. I'm thinking for Deggy, I kind of want to go with just doing my job as the high concept <laughs> because he is a bit of a humbug, but he has a great sense of duty to the U.S. postal system and to making sure that people <laughs> do get their gifts in time. Absolutely. This is the mailman I pray for every day then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, didn't get prayed for quite hard enough, though, it sounds like, unfortunately. <laughs> the other main aspect that uh, we like to focus on is your trouble. What is the thing your character does that can get them into trouble? Maybe they have a short temper, or they're really greedy, and they, if they see that you know shiny object, they're going to have to run after it. So what is, what is Deggy's trouble? Uh, I think his trouble is the dog can't bite you if you bite it first. He <laughs> has had so many bad experiences with dogs as a mailman. He's decided, like, <laughs> I'm not going to just be passive and stand idly by and become a chew toy. I am going to make, I'm going to assert myself. This is one area in which he ignores the fact maybe that he has a zero and flashy and will try to assert himself over those big old chompers. Good for him. I like that. <laughs> 
I, I relate to this character now so much just because my day job is as a technician that goes into people's backyards all day long, all over the metro area. <laughs> <laughs> so when I approach gates, suddenly the dog starts ramming itself against the gate. And I'm like, no, not today. <laughs> yeah, you just don't get paid enough for that. <laughs> oh, no, I do not. <laughs> Let me give you some Kevlar reinforced uniforms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, that kind of brings us, that's kind of a nice segue to our final final thing we kind of lay out before the character is completed, and that is uh, a stunt. A stunt can yes. either be an item, like a Kevlar vest, if you want, um, or some special ability that basically allows you to overcome more or less any thematically appropriate problem once a a session. Yes. The stunt is the area where we on Improv Tabletop kind of play the most fast and loose with the rules. Like if you look in the fake core rule book about how they define stunts, it can get very kind of itemized. Like I have a stunt that allows me to, when I'm making melee attacks with my sword against a certain type of monster, get plus two to that roll. And that's maybe a little bit boring uh, for what we try to do on Improv Tabletop. <laughs> so we just kind of boil it down to, for us personally, it works that a stunt is a cool ability that is unique to you as a character. And you can use that once per session to do something kind of superhuman that you might not normally be able to do. And I think I'm just going to call my stunt neither wind nor snow nor sleet nor hail. (laughs) (laughs) And so just like once per session, I'll be able to use my sense of dedication to the Flying Eagle, the United States Postal Service, to be able to overcome a situation that might hinder me typically. I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, um, as far as character creation goes... For Fate Accelerated, that is basically it. It really is a quick character creation. Yeah. In the rulebook rules as written, you can start with five aspects for free and three stunts for free. But we found for the most part in you know the 15 different Fate campaigns that we've done to this point, you really don't need too much more than just a couple aspects and a stunt. And there's actually on page nine of the rule book, this little box that they call the 32nd version of creating characters. It's like, Hey, give yourself a few aspects, give yourself some approaches, maybe ride a stunt. You're good to go. You can fill in the rest as you go along, which is one of the reasons why fate is such a great improv friendly system. So if any, who, who's feeling uh, ready to go after that? I mean, I can give it a shot. Go for it. Man. All right, let's go ahead and get that down. All right, so uh, I always like to be a man who puts my hand in fate. So for as which ghost I'm going to be, I took a roll and got a minus. So I'm going to be the ghost of Christmas past. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that. For my character, uh, his name is Watsley. And he was an accountant for a large corporation. He worked for a very greedy boss who always tried to fudge the numbers on everything and he was constantly consumed with trying to balance the books and keep all those past transactions in order regardless of how ridiculous his boss had been and he ended up perishing on his way home from work one day 
when he had too much work in the office, so he was trying to do paperwork while driving home, and he ended up crashing. Mm. So, okay. I like it. Um, what year did this happen? I'm going to say he perished in 1987. Okay. 1987. Perfect. All right. So, Watsley, um, what is going to be their peak approach? I would have to say his peak approach would be clever because he had to really think on the spot in order to get his boss out of some of the sticky situations. That makes a lot of sense. Good call. So the plus zero, what is what is Watsley the worst at? Absolutely forceful. He had no <laughs> backbone. Forceful. Not, not very strong-willed or maybe even strong of body. Nope. <laughs> All right, then... Uh, the first aspect we'll go to will be the high concept. Um, I'm going to say my high concept is going to be the numbers must add up. No matter what happens, it has to add up. I like that kind of, there's some layers to that, you know, gotta, things have to be logical, things have to make sense. Going for kind of a very OCD character. <laughs> okay, I like it. Then... If uh, that's the case, the trouble might uh, be something similar even. What is the trouble? Yeah, I was figuring the trouble would be the flip side of that is everything has to be completed in a very meticulous manner that Watsley deems appropriate. Okay, gotcha. So he yeah, definitely has to have his systems in place. That makes sense. All right, let me go ahead and get that down. Okay, and uh, do you have an idea for a stunt? Um, I am not totally sure on these, so I came up with one. You'll have to tell me if it works or not. But my stunt, I named Cook the Books. Basically, Watsley is able to change the information of the situation to turn the odds in his favor. Ooh. I like that. Um, now, is Watsley a CPA or a PA? I need to know. Ooh. <laughs> I'd say PA. Okay, so not never quite got that certification. Nah. So he might have like a a special calculator or maybe that green visor he can put on in a special situation <laughs> to uh, make sure things get done the way he needs. <laughs> I like it. All right. We'll go ahead and mark that one as complete. So I guess all we have left is the... Write this down here. Ghost of Christmas Present. All right, so my uh, ghost of Christmas presents uh, actually might end up being the most fitting. My character's name is Sam Turner. He is actually based off the character of Sean Spencer from Psych, <laughs> except unlike Sean, who very well knows that he's a fake, Sam is utterly convinced that he is truly psychic, except he's actually not psychic. I love it. Yeah, his his whole thing is that he's just so good at what he does is that he's almost convinced himself that he truly is psychic. <laughs> um, while still having similar abilities, he's just very observant. He's able to, for the most part, piece things together, um, pretty put the clues together pretty quick. That is Sam Turner. He, I would say that he met his end 
while working on a case with local police, uh, thought too highly of himself and thought he could read the criminal or or the murder suspect right before him. But in the process of trying to do that, he totally miscalculated and he became the uh, second victim in the case. So, okay, so more a more uh, violent perhaps end than the others. Um, mm-hmm. What year did this happen? Oh, it'll it'll probably be more more recent. I would say that he met his met his end in uh, two thousand one. Okay, two thousand and one. Yeah, right after Y two K. I like it. All right, and Sam Turner. What is his plus three approach then? His plus three approach, I would say, is clever. Um, he may be a little overconfident, but he definitely has has the skills to to get out of out of most scenarios. Perfect. That does make sense for someone who's an investigator of sorts. Um, so his plus zero would be his plus zero is actually going to be careful just because <laughs> since he wasn't careful in his last case, it, it ended up uh, being his downfall. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so your high concept, your distillation of the character, what would that be? Uh, my high concept that I came up with is legendary foresight. He is able to um, jet read the room pretty well and be able to gauge what um, his opponent is is going to do next. I like it. Very Sherlock Holmes, you know, uh, monk, Sean Spencer. I like it. Um, then the trouble, I guess, would seem pretty apparent, but how would you say it? <laughs> um, the term I came for his trouble is mythic belief. Um, he okay. thinks way too highly in his skills while he can get out of a lot of scenarios if he thinks uh, too highly of himself in, in his skills and his belief that he truly is psychic, it's, it's not going to turn out well for him. I love it. All right. And then the stunt. Ooh, his stunt. Let's see. I would say that his stunt is going to be um, something along the lines of he's he's able to who, to know where to go next. He just immediately knows this is the place that we need to get to right here, right now. I like that. I'm, I'm going to call that a broken clock. I love uh, that. A broken clock is right twice a day at least. So Yeah, that's good. I like that. Broken clock, we'll call that one. All right. And really, that's all we need to get started. Um, There are a few more things I'll mention about uh, the setup before we go into it. There's no hit points uh, like uh, D&D 5e. Instead, you have something called stress. Uh, You have six points of stress you can take. Once you hit six, then you then you have consequences. There are some, you know, rules with swapping stress for consequences and consequences for stress. There are mild, moderate, and severe forms of consequences, and they can each absorb a certain amount of stress. Uh, the only other thing is 
you will each be starting with three fate points. And fate points you can use to do one of two things. You can either use them to re-roll a roll or to add two to a roll. I am a little bit notorious <laughs> over at Improv Tabletop for never taking the plus two. I always re-roll, which... <laughs> Even when it's not mechanically beneficial. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could say you like to put yourself in the hands of fate. Yeah, absolutely. It's the name of the game. You get it. You, you're, you're on my side. <laughs> Sorry, I, I always have terrible dad jokes. <laughs> no, I love it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. At One Nerds Podcast, I'm Brandon. I'm Parker. And we really appreciate you guys stopping by to take some time and hang out with us and listen to our thoughts on the system. If you want to hear more from us, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music currently. And if you want to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you on our social media. We have both Facebook and Instagram, and that is at Podcast. And we even have an email with Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your comments, complaints, what you think about the current systems, ideas for new systems. If you want to say hello, anything. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh-huh. This is Not One Nerds Podcast, signing out. Happy rolling.